The views expressed on the following program are designed to amplify those of the speaker and are not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. Hello, everybody! What's coming up on today's experience? Devotional Diamonds of the Day, also known as DDDs, where my daily devotions become some of our spiritual reflections. Sound effects placed throughout the show which have nothing to do with life, but the Bible teaches there's a time to laugh. What's wrong with right now? The review of the goofy news, which proves Jesus is coming back sooner than you think. Hey, pretty soon you won't be able to say anything on the radio, on the internet, on television, in magazines, or anywhere without having government approval. Doesn't that sound like fun? Sounds like the Lord's coming back sooner than we know. Life lessons for our faith that we could actually use probably won't if we sit under blessed assurance, but we can and we should be using the lessons to help us honor the Lord God Almighty. Humor that will force you to think, why does this guy have a radio show? I don't know. I mean, that's just... I got to do something in the afternoons. That's what my wife tells me. That's what I'm doing. Also, Bible trivia for fake and yet somehow real cool prizes, your phone calls, and more. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. My name is David Spoon. I'll be your host for the next 5,400 seconds. Get ready for one of the more bizarre experiences on live radio. Here is the key to the show. We don't know what we're doing. We've proven that like 700 plus times. We have no idea what's going to happen, and we don't care. But for the next few minutes, I want to talk faith with you. So here we go. We're asking questions about living life as a Christian. Have you ever had a disagreement with somebody? No, I'm not saying I have. I'm just saying, have you ever had a disagreement with somebody like your wife? And then you guys will resolve it, and yet somehow later on, within 24, 48, or 72 hours, somehow it still lingers. I'm just curious if anybody else knows what that's like. I, of course, don't. <laughs> anyway, if you have an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, we uh, want you to reach out to us. You have that opportunity for prayer uh, requests, which is us joining our faith with your faith, which is a good thing. So yesterday we had Annika call in and Bobby call in. And anytime you call in, we're going to take our faith, put it with your faith, you know, as long as you're not going, I want the lottery. Okay, we're not going to do that. Uh, and the reason we're not going to do that is because they have to be kingdom issue things, okay? And the lottery for you, probably not as good a deal as you think. And let me just say this real quickly. It's super cool that you as a Christian go, God, if you give me $300 million, I'll give you 90%. So, so what you're saying is you just want $30 million? Okay, just checking. Anyhow, so if you've got any requests and you want to bring them with us and we can combine our faith, we're for it. We want to do it. We want to be there for you as brothers and sisters in the Lord. King David was very clear, I am a companion to all them that fear you. That's what we're doing, with brothers and sisters. And so there's a couple ways to go about that. Plus, you can also do praise reports. If the Lord's doing something in your life, it's really cool, and you want to share it because it'll bless other people or it might bless other people, or you just want to share it because it's on your heart. 
we want you to have that opportunity as well. A couple ways to get a hold of us. You can send a rocket up into the sky, have it open up, and then tell us what it is you want to tell us. But we're inside a studio, so I can't see that till after the show. You can also call us at 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you call 972-445-0770, you'll end up talking to Captain Chris. You know what that's like? That's like getting a wonderful hot cup of cocoa on a cold morning. Wow! And then you will be... thought that might be nicer than the Waldo one. I don't know. Uh, also, you can text us during the show. The text number here is 214-210-8483. 214-210-8483. And then you can email us, david at he must increase.org. David at he must increase.org. Not corn pop, but david at he must increase. Org. Also, we're going to send you to the website. A couple things to tell you because there is what's happening. Uh, if you have a system with is connected to like an Alexa and you use a voice command, you can actually listen to the podcast through that now. <laughs> you can do that uh, either through Apple or through Spotify or through uh, Amazon Music or whatever. You got to say it really clearly though, because otherwise this moon experience thing, because moon and spoon, it's really funny. Anyhow, you can uh, also, like I said, do it on Google if you want to. Uh, there is an update on the app. It's not that spectacular, but it's updated. So I wanted to keep you posted that. The place for prayer requests and praise reports is also on the website if you're not comfortable doing it on the radio. And finally, money. And the money issue is quite straightforward Galatians 6 6 those that teach in the word those that receive teaching in the word should pay those that teach I mean I didn't write it; it's not my fault and we don't ask for that what we ask is that you take care of your home church first because that's your priority and we ask you to do that if the Lord puts it on your heart to give to this ministry in whatever capacity then we ask you to respond to that a great place to do it for simplicity purposes and for record-keeping purposes is to simply go to the website and do it through the website. If you need something additional, reach out to me. I'll help you out. Bottom line, go to hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemustincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemustincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemustincrease.org. Hemustincrease.org. Water. I don't care what you tell me, that's water. It's got to be water. I'm pretty sure that was an explosion. Train. Oncoming train. It's an oncoming... Okay, never mind. Uh, all right, so we got that taken care of. Let's open up with a word for prayer for Ukraine, as well as a few other things, if you don't mind. Let's do that now. Father, we come before you right now. We lift up Ukraine to you. I just heard the other day, Lord, uh, that there could be something more nefarious coming out of this whole process, and I have no idea, and I don't think anybody else in our audience does either. Here's what we know. Nothing has happened, is happening, or will happen without you knowing. And what we do is we petition you for, of course, your will to be done. Of course, we start out with thanksgiving from our hearts. And then, Lord, we petition you and ask you simply, can you please bring peace to a war-torn situation and let the gospel flourish amongst the nations and amongst the people right now that have no hope? 
We pray for their wellness, spiritually and physically. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay, we are going to dive into our teachings, and I'm telling you right now that we're going to do something in the second half of the last third of the show that we don't actually know how it will go because I've never really done it on the radio. So you're going to hear another big portion of our my testimony. Now, it's not going to be the entire Christian cult part of it, but it will kind of lead into that. And so we'll just see if the Lord blesses it and if we get to keep doing it. If we do, we do. If we don't, we don't. We'll do the best we can before the Lord. But right now, let's go into the text. Our text is in Hebrews chapter 6, and it starts with this verse, verse 1. It says this, Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works, faith in God, teachings about baptisms, laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. Here's a text in the, the author of Hebrews. Remember, the author of Hebrews is not identified. It's the only one that we are not sure who, who did it. It's really tough to tell. A lot of theories out there. That's great, but theories are theories. They're not realities. And so in the, in the text, the author is saying, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ. He's not saying, and I'd like to make sure everybody understands this, He's not saying, let's forget about those. Let's, let's leave those elementary teachings and shoot for new stuff. Let's forget about the old stuff. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that the teachings that are basic should be so ingrained in us. They should be so much a part of our hearts and our minds that we can also enjoy and investigate and explore other theologies that will add to our walk. He's not saying forget the early stuff. He's saying let's move forward. Let's grow up. If you remember, uh, wasn't that uh, long ago, about two weeks or three weeks ago, we were talking about what the author said about growing up in our salvation. That's what he's talking about. Okay, it's time to grow up now. Okay, you've had a lot of uh, some basic teachings, and I'd like you to move forward because there's some really important things that you need to learn about Jesus Christ. But let's we're not forgetting the past. We're not neglecting the past. We're not ignoring the past. But we're moving on to a maturity position. What I find fascinating about this text is what he lists as foundational teachings. This is where I'm not sure the church actually, I'm not sure how many of us have actually read this and then thought about this, but what he says is this. He says, let's leave the elementary teachings about Christ, go on to maturity, not laying again. So this is what he's saying is what he's going to talk about are these elementary teachings. The foundation of repentance from dead works. That's one. Faith in God. That's two. Teaching about baptisms, that's three. Laying on of the hands, that's four. Resurrection from the dead, that's five. And eternal judgment, that's six. The funniest part about that is I don't know very many churches that have laying on of hands as one of their core doctrines. It's like, wait, what did you say? What did you say, author of Hebrews? Repentance, faith. Baptism, laying on of hands. <laughs> how, how big is that in the church teachings right now? Not very? Oh. 
maybe that's why it's hard for a lot of churches to move forward in maturity. Oh, oh, could be, could be. All right, we'll take a break, and then we'll come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. The David Spoon Experience. There was a pastor, now I use that word with some reservation, having been involved in uh, ministry and having the privilege of planting seven churches uh, throughout the United States and having three separate ordinations, I have a tremendous amount of respect for people who commit their lives into ministry. Uh, But whenever there's somebody on television or anywhere else that uh, is a nut job, then uh, I just call it like I see it. Okay, now uh, that's what I call it. Call it like I see it. On the Sean Hannity show, uh, roughly about uh, two weeks ago, a reverend, so-called Reverend Oliver White, was on the show, and uh, Reverend Wright said this, and I'm going to repeat it because some of these things are just unbelievable. He said that Jesus was wrong about marriage. At least he didn't have the audacity to say he never said anything about marriage. He said Jesus was wrong about marriage and that marriage should be more than between a man and a woman. And then he proceeded to say this statement, ladies and gentlemen. He said this. Now, this isn't even the thing that's irritating. Then he proceeded to say this. If Jesus were alive today, he said, he would say, I didn't know it all. This is a man who's supposed to be representing Jesus Christ as a minister. This guy's no minister. And if you want to say, well, that's judging, I'll take that judgment all day long. All day long, I'll take that judgment, no matter what anybody says. Here's a guy that says two things. One, Jesus was wrong about marriage. Two, if Jesus were alive today, any person who proclaims or professes to be a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ and questions whether Jesus Christ is alive today or not is not a minister, but a false teacher. I don't care. I don't care if you like it. I don't care if you think that's mean. That's irrelevant. Facts are facts. And here's the thing that just overwhelms me. This overwhelms me, ladies and gentlemen. Any person who is in public office, now this goes with this, all three, three of these things go together. Any person who is in public office who changes their convictions about same-sex marriage because another family member has made a decision to go into the lifestyle of being gay or lesbian, any person who changes their convictions, their biblical Christian convictions, based on another family member changing their status uh, into a, a gay or lesbian lifestyle, and then that person then changes their Bible convictions to, uh, to accommodate their family member is not fit to be a Christian. That's right. I said it. Sometimes Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where we're getting ready to give you our first trivia question. Should not be that difficult. True or false, Jesus said, Saul, Saul, 
Why do you persecute me? True or false? New Testament, obviously. <laughs> Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? If you think you know the answer, you can call in at 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david, at he must org. True or false? Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Uh, we will go to our DNA, because this time we won't miss it. We'll get right on track with it. D stands for draw closer to the Lord. Daily. 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 This is all it is every day. And never be ashamed of Jesus or his words. Never, never, ever be ashamed of Jesus and what he had to say, no matter what the world tries to throw in your direction. And A, always be ready to serve, To serve, which means that it's not just about us. It's not selfish time. It's selfless time. That means that we think of other people, not just ourselves. You got a situation you're in? You have a situation you're fighting? I understand that. I have them too. I'm with you in there. But if I only focus on what I'm focusing on for me, then I'm selfish. I need to think about other people and be open and a vessel for the Lord to use me to bless other people. It's just it's not it's not that it's hard. We just got to remind ourselves on a regular basis. That's why we operate in D and A. All right, we'll offer up the trivia question one more time as people are responding, and we'll give you that chance. Here it is in uh, a little bit of a different kind of voice. True or false? Jesus said, so, so, why do you persecute me? Is that true or false? If you think you know the answer, reach out to us, 972-445-0770. I have no idea what that voice was. Uh, you can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, David, at he must increase.org. In the meantime, I want to go back to the text. I love shows like this because even though we have a lot of cool uh, flowing stuff and we get to pray for people, I also like to teach. I mean, it's one of the things that I do enjoy doing. So let's go back to this text. I want you to catch this. It's really quite awesome. So the writer of Hebrews says in chapter 6, verse 1, Therefore let us leave elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works, faith in God, teaching about baptisms, laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. There's two huge, huge, huge things that we need to catch. And elementary teaching is repentance. But let me stop you right there. That is not a one-time repentance. Okay? Wrong. You do repent in the beginning of your acknowledgement that Jesus Christ is Lord when you surrender your life, when you yield to him, when you acknowledge that he is your Savior, saving you from sin, the penalty of sin, and you acknowledge that and humble yourself and ask him to live in your heart and the Holy Spirit abides or takes up residency inside of you, that is valid in the very beginning, much like the Holy Spirit accompanies the gospel. But there are times afterwards where we need to also repent. And if you are not aware of that, it would be really good to read King David in Psalm 51 and 55, where he makes reference to the fact that his strength has been sapped out of him 
because of his sinfulness, like the summer saps the energy out of a person working in the hot sun. And so his solution was to confess before the Lord what he had done wrong. And so then there's a group of people in the Christian circles that are like, well, you don't have to keep repenting. It's like, yes, you do. It's like, this is why you have to keep repenting. Because first of all, repentance demonstrates humility. Second of all, in Acts chapter 3, verse 19, it talks about times, plural, times, plural, of refreshing that comes from the comes from the presence of the Lord when we repent. Well, you can't have multiple times of refreshing coming from the Lord unless you're repenting and having those multiple times initiate that. So it's important for us to understand that repentance is a part of the walk. In fact, the first message of Jesus, the first message of John the Baptist, the first message of Peter, and the first message of Paul is repent. But then there's nowhere there where he goes, oh, just stop now. You don't have to do that no more. Equal. With repentance is teachings on faith. Do you have to have faith once and then never have to have it again? No. You have to say yes to Jesus in a lifetime of yes. Yes is to Jesus. You have to have faith at the moment of salvation and a continual faith. You can't have faith that said, oh, yeah, I believe that. And uh, now I'm going to ignore that and do all what I want to do because I got other stuff I got to take care of. That's trying to just add on uh, a, a Christianity as a, as a plug-in. Let me use that phrase, plugin. I have we have our website. We have plugins. Do you ever have a plugin on a website? You just push the button, it kind of adds it on. It doesn't really change the site, it just adds a couple features. You can't have Christianity be a plugin. Because it's not. It's either the faith by which you live, or it's nothing. And you'll find that out if you make it a plugin. That it's nothing. So the idea behind this is for us to repent, have continual faith, be aware of the things that are before us. But the end is what really, it seals the deal. The end of this text just makes it inescapable for all of us. Let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works, faith in God, teaching about baptisms, laying on of the hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. For those that are wondering, well, why does it say baptisms plural? Some people believe that that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then it's uh, it's water baptisms. Other people believe it's multiple baptisms. Nah, it doesn't bother me. It's not nobody's freaking out over that. And if you're freaking out over that, find something else. There's much better stuff to freak out about. Here's one of the elementary teachings that you better catch and better understand: that there is going to be a resurrection of the dead. And not enough of us as Christians talk about resurrection. We talk about faith, and we talk about God comforting us, and that's important. But we don't talk enough about resurrection, and people think that we're crazy. Why would you have hope in a God that might give you some comfort? You can just medicate and get comfort. Why wouldn't you just do that? Because at the end of life, after it's over, there's a resurrection. And people don't like—you know why people don't like having a— an idea of God being real or being existent because it makes them accountable. And who wants to be accountable? Who wants to be responsible? But in fact, there is a resurrection. It's a resurrection of the dead. And after that resurrection of the dead, there's going to be a judgment. And no matter who you are, if you're a Christian or not a Christian, if the Lord tarries, you're going to die. You're going to be in that resurrection and there's going to be a judgment. Will that judgment be significantly different for those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Yes. 
Does that mean that when that judgment takes place, you're just going to be, everybody's just going to be smiling and laughing while all those other people get cast away? No, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say anything either way. It just says there's going to be a judgment. It doesn't sound fun. I don't know about you. It doesn't sound like, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy, a judgment. I'm so happy. If you haven't figured that out, that's like when you get your test graded at school, right? Maybe you've done well. Maybe not. You don't know. You're waiting. It's the anticipation. That's right. I mentioned that. And the bottom line to this process is that these are basic teachings of Christian faith. And the scripture says we will we will move past this if God permits. Now listen to this passage. I'm going to read it and make sure you understand it. Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works, faith in God, teaching about baptisms, laying on of the hands, the resurrection from the dead, and eternal judgment. By the way, that judgment is not just, a, oh, this is a, just a one-time moment. Don't worry about it. It's eternal. And the verse, verse 3 says, and we will do this. We will leave these elementary teachings. We will move into some other things. As long as we have these elementary teachings solid in our minds and our hearts, we'll do this if God permits. Because even your understanding of what God is revealing in the framework of his word is only opened up to us by God himself. Remember the two guys, they were walking on the, the road to Emmaus, and Jesus opened their hearts, opened their minds to what the Scripture was saying. And that's what we want. You want to look at Scripture and have God go, look at this. Whoa, look at that. Whoa, I can't believe And that's what I'm talking about when you've read the Bible and the Scripture jumps off the page, smacks you across the head, and you're like going, whoa. That's God talking to you through his word. And we want that a lot. People are like, well, I, I don't hear the voice of God. Well, first of all, you don't read his word, which is why you don't know what his voice is. That's number one. And number two, most of the time we're not listening. We're so busy with so many things. And if we could, <laughs> there's the thing. And I know this is true for me. I do the same thing that everybody else does. But if we could sit on the sideline and look at our life, over like a football grid, the one-yard line and only the one-yard line would be this life, and the other 99 yards would be what's up and coming. And we'd be, maybe we should prepare for those other 99 yards. What a brilliant idea that is, right? All right. I love teaching like that. I just get into it. Uh, don't ask why. All right. Uh, true or false, Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? The answer is true. Here's the most amazing thing. Who was it that Saul was persecuting? He was persecuting the church. But Jesus so closely identifies with us that he said to Saul, you're touching me when you're touching them. Mm, that's so nice. All right, we'll take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, top of the hour. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. 
To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? Do you think it's been, organizational leadership has been a good thing for church leaders? Well, it, oh. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's a penetrating question. The answer is very simple. If used correctly to add value to people and serve others, it's a good thing. If used incorrectly, it's not a good thing. And, uh, you know, when people talk about everything rises and falls on leadership, I teach them often that it rises, but it also falls. And, and nothing is better than for people to have a good leader, and nothing's worse than for people to have a bad leader. And the, to me, what, what makes servant leadership work is this. Most leaders put themselves first before their people. And so it is a me uh, motivation as far as leading. What's in it for me? Uh, I, I travel internationally with my uh, company, Equip. And, and uh, in fact, I'll, I'll leave Sunday for Guatemala. In fact, I'll be meeting next week with the president and the cabinet of Guatemala. And when I'm, when I'm with these leaders alone, David, alone, I mean, no, no handlers, no media, nothing, but just alone, the question I ask them, which is, I think, the true servant leadership question is, Will the people be at, better off after you've served your term as a leader than they were before you got there? Wow. And, and I think that's – and when the answer is yes, you have been a good leader, it has been a good thing. Organizational leadership, good thing. When the answer is no, bad leader, bad thing.